Just a week or so ago, it looked like it was an absolute surefire bet that the American League will be represented by either the Yankees or the Astros in the World Series. But don't look now. Other teams want to break in to their potential World Series party. Maybe a team from Tampa. Maybe a team from Cleveland. Sounds like it's time for a roundtable version of Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team every day? This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Look, there's my lower third. Tells you that you can call me Sully. Thanks so much for making sure your first listeners were available on all your free podcasting catchers. Follow us on Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. You can follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer. I've appeared on HBO Sports. I've written magazine articles, directed movies, worked on television shows, and been a stand-up comic. But for the last, oh, I don't know, 10, 11 years, I have been a baseball podcaster. And since 2019, been part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Did I mention it's your team every day? When you say, prove it, Sully. Prove it. Prove it that it's my team every day. So what if, let's just take a team at random. Let's say you're a Rays fan. We got a podcast for you. In fact, by sheer coincidence, I have the host of that podcast with me. That's Ulysses Sombrano from Locked On Rays. How you doing, buddy? Hey, good to see you, Sully. Thank you for the invitation. And it's a good time to be a Rays fan because uh, things are happening and on they're happening on the positive side. That's true. But do you know what? I can still hear skepticism from my listeners and say, well, wait a minute. I'm not a Rays fan. How do I know it's my team every day? Let me tell you something. We also have from the Locked On Guardians podcast, it's Jeff Ellis, and we are having an impromptu AL roundtable. How you doing, buddy? I want Yandi back. <laughs> you can't. You can't have him. I'm sorry. We'll give you Jake Bowers. Um, I'm sure we can claim him from somewhere. Uh, you I'm sure you. Bowers for, for Diaz. Uh, I'm. I'm like sure we gave you five million dollars too. So yes, you know, yeah, where's those five million dollars? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I can start a. I'll start a GoFundMe. I'm sure okay. I can get kind of close because we know the Cleveland ownership isn't going to give five million dollars back. But um, sure, sure. Maybe the five mil went to Ramirez's contract. Who knows? I've Probably never not. felt more like a judge in my life. This is the where this is a binding arbitration case. <sighs> Over Yandy Diaz. Uh, I, I don't blame see, you. I don't blame you. I, my, my own personal history is I was covering double A when he was there when no one knew who he was. So, like, I got to, like, be the breaker of, like, hey, guys, Yandy Diaz. There's this, there's this third baseman, Yandy Diaz, whose arms are bigger in my head and always gets on base. And there's this long-haired pitcher named Clevenger. And I know you guys haven't heard of either of them, but these are the best prospects in the system. So, I, I had this love for him. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know, he was nicest dude 
even though yeah. we didn't just have a shared language, he would always get an interpreter. Like if you wanted to speak with him, like that stands out. Most yeah. guys in the minors never want to talk to media. He would go get the interpreter. Great dude. I'm so happy for his success, but I desperately want him back. Yeah, no, he, he's been t- terrific. And I think for the first couple of years, he was a little bit underrated within the, the race fan base. But uh, with this year being just so downtrodden with injuries, he has been kind of the 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 offensive MVP because he's first of all he stayed healthy on the field he is third in in the league on on base percentage I mean the guy I think last time I looked was at 415 on base yeah I know chicks dig the long ball that's not his actual game I believe he only has six home runs this season but it doesn't matter when you're getting on base at that type of level and he's always at the top of the lineup he's always setting up uh uh, good offensive production for, for the p- people behind him. Yanni Diaz is an underrated talent, and I am very, very happy that he's a Ray. Well, welcome to Locked On Yandi Diaz talk. Um, I think Jeff Ellis has frozen. Yeah, there he goes. I'm sure he'll be back. But uh, Ulysses, let's talk briefly a little bit about the Rays. Just a few weeks ago, the Rays fell totally out of the playoffs. Just a couple weeks yeah. ago, Baltimore leapfrogged them and it looked like the Rays, who had the best record in the American League last year and won the pennant just the year before that, and looked like as good a chance as any to make it three straight division titles entering the season, looked like, oh, my God, they're going to miss the playoffs completely in an extended playoff season from Baltimore, of all teams. And then things started picking up. It's almost as if they woke up. And this series against the Yankees – uh, which we're in, enjoying right now. Um, welcome back, Jeff. Well, I'm, I'm sure uh, you just got so angry by the discussion of Yandi Diaz. By the way, Jeff Ellis is the is to uh, the he's the John the Baptist of uh, the Yandi Diaz's career. He was the one proclaiming that there's this great one coming around. But we were talking briefly about the fact that Tampa Bay has picked themselves off the mat by falling out of the postseason race a few days ago when Baltimore overtook them. And as of this recording, now the Yankees and Rays are in a rain delay as we're talking right now. But if they hold on to that lead, not only will they sweep the Yankees, but they will pull to within eight games, which again is not a, you know, that's not a great record to be eight games back in the middle of August, but it's a lot better than what it was. And, you know, the Rays are going to be playing some, you know, not as strong teams as the Yankees are going on to face Toronto and the Mets. Is there any thought of, hey, are we going to, you know, are, are, is, it just, is it just playoffs this year or is there any thought of the division dancing in your head? You know, perspective is everything, right? All, everything in context. Yeah, eight games does seem like a lot. But when you compare it to the fact that this is a team, the Yankees were 52 and 18. And with more than a month uh, to play, you're eight games back. Well, okay. Things can get exciting. And when you talk about the September schedule, which is incredibly tough for the Rays, they're basically uh, fighting against the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and the Astros. That's basically the, the the main September schedule for the race. So it's a tough September schedule. But also, you're going to get your chances against this team again, against the Yankees. So th- this is, uh, overall, if the sweep happens at the Bronx, that would be terrific. You're, you're eight games back. 
now you're getting some health back. I mean, you're you're, you're right. getting some some guys like Harold Ramirez who homered today in 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 the in the third game against the Yankees. You're getting Manuel Margot, the guy who won AL Player of the Week in in May, and then uh, unfortunately got got hurt against the Yankees on on a play in the outfield, and he's been in the 60 day IL. Uh, Wander Franco could also be back right after Manuel Margot. So now you're saying something like, "Oh, the race seemed to be waking up." Yes, but not only because there's something in, in in the atmosphere saying, "Hey, guys, we need to win this season series against the Baltimore Orioles. This is important." Not all, but also because guys are coming back, guys that they have missed, and they have leaned on so many rookies that have underperformed. I'm talking Taylor Walls offensively. I'm talking Vidal Bruhan uh, offensively. I'm talking Josh Lowe uh, offensively. They really haven't performed as they as we all thought that they would. So that's why they have kind of been treading water trying to get Brendan Lau back, who, by the way, was gone for two and a half months, people. This is a guy who hits 39 home runs, 99 RBIs last year. You missed that guy for two and a half months. So when people say, where's Tampa been? Check the IL. Most right. IL guys in the whole league, 17 at, at a certain point. At a certain time, you literally could have made a whole pitching staff of 12 guys. From the IL. Now, question about one of those names that is currently on the IL, um, Glasnow. Now, Glasnow, uh, I do not believe, has pitched this year. No. Um, is he going to be coming back at all? The latest we've gotten uh, from the team, he hadn't been going on road trips because that's just, you know, that, that that's just the standard. If you're on the 60-day IL, 15-day IL, they don't want you to do the road trips. He actually got on the road trip last time when they went to Detroit, and it was because they wanted the pitching coach, Kyle Snyder, to see his bullpen work. When they interviewed both Kyle and Tyler, they both said that there is not a zero chance of him coming back. Look at the words, not a zero chance. So they're leaving it open-ended. And now this is my conspiracy theory that you can listen to this and many more on Locked on Race. I think they're going to use him as a bullpen piece, as a okay. one inning guy. That's the, you know, if you can have Tyler Glass now stuff that curveball, that that slutter, like he calls it, that fastball at 100 miles an hour on the top of the zone for one inning in the playoffs or September chase, boy, that that gets nasty. Yeah, um, uh, I think there may have been a little glitch in the audio right now, but hey, are we all here? Are we all yes. here? Okay, all Groovy. Here. All right, Groovy. That's all I need to know. And hey, look at the fact of the matter is, is that the the Rays can pitch. We all saw, you know, Shane McClanahan is having a Cy Young caliber season. Drew Rasmussen uh, nearly threw a perfect game the other day. Corey Kluber, he may not be Cy Young Corey Kluber, but he's still a solid pitcher, even without the velocity. He's, he's, in, he's obviously his pitching intelligence that's, you know, through the roof. You take a look at their lineup, they don't really have any superstar. I mean, Rosarena is a fine player, but he's not putting together an MVP season. But they're playing well enough to win, which in so many ways is makes them a dangerous team in October. There have been plenty of situations of teams who seem to have underachieved during the regular season, get into the postseason, and then wind up winning the whole thing. Thank you very much. So I think that you know, while there may be – uh, reasons to want them. Whoa, what happened here? I just lost my light. 
Oh man, all things, all weird things are happening. Jeff Ellis is <laughs> Jeff Ellis is being booted out. Uh, there's an audio glitch, and now I lost my ring light. Um, let me see if I can turn this thing back on again. I, I do want to take a, one moment though here uh, while we got that and say, I think if you are a Cleveland fan watching this podcast, you should 100% be rooting for the Rays, and it's not like due to you know uh, they, they're a better matchup, right? Like if you're not familiar with it, the Rays are Cleveland South. Uh, at points this year, they have had uh, Fire Eisen, who's on the DL, Sean Armstrong, Corey Kluber. We talked about Yandy Diaz, Francisco Mejia, Harold Ramirez, yes. who was with Cleveland a year ago, Yu Chen Chang. I think they've had at least seven, eight, maybe upwards of double-digit former, I think I said Indians, Guardians players. Well, they're uh, former Kings, Indian players because players, they were not yeah, Guardians. So, yes. But yeah, so if you, are, if you are someone watching this because you're used to watching Lockdown Guardians, this is also a chance to say maybe you want to check out, you know, always check out Lockdown MLB, but also check out Lockdown Rays because uh, you got, it, it is, it's it's funny between these two teams. They make a trade almost every year. We'll see what happens in the offseason. But yeah, this is. Like and Kevin Cash. Cash. Kevin Cash yeah, also has the, yeah, the Cleveland exactly. ties. He was the bullpen coach. Yeah. I, and and my one little thing is just being the advanced stats guy. I will say, like I, I did this yesterday for my own show. Yandy Diaz has been an elite bat, 30th best hitter in baseball this year by one runs created plus going into the day. So when I, I was talking about this, Guardians fans, if you're looking at who is the best bat who used to play for the Guardians, it's not Lindor by production. Uh, it's Diaz. Wow. Uh, and then Anthony uh, Santander in, in Baltimore is close. But yeah, it is. Yandy has been the most productive hitter this former Cleveland hitter this year. So just my little quick uh, bringing it, you know, making it all about me. Yeah. Well, before we continue here, I just want to say to bring this message to you all. Let's say you're hanging out with some friends and you're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance could go up. You can lose your license. You can lose your job. You can total your car. You could kill somebody. Everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe. Plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. We are talking to Jeff Ellis of Lockdown Guardians. Ulysses Sombrano of Lockdown Rays. And what do these two teams also have in common? In 2007, both of them had different names. It would have been Locked on Devil Rays and Locked on Indians. <laughs> that was there good. We, I there like you that. go. That just hit me. Yeah. That they're recent. They're recent. Okay. Well, yeah. we've been yapping a little bit about the Rays. Let's talk a little bit about the Guardians, who were floundering for a while as Minnesota was in first place for the majority of this year. And suddenly the Guardians put on the aft thrusters and – at one point, if you weren't paying close attention, you'd say, oh, man, the Twins have fallen apart. And the White Sox, man, they just can't get out of their own way. 
This is the Guardians' year. And you look at the standings and we're on the verge of a three-way tie. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I don't actually I don't have uh, – pulling back the curtain right now, the uh, uh, Guardians are playing right now. Is what is? Are they still down? They just had a ninth inning rally uh, and are up six three. Okay, well, they... together, so they were they were down four three. It, you know, it's kind of very dramatic because it was four three in the ninth, and I believe it started off with two outs, right? Yeah, strikeout, okay. strikeout, and then after that, uh, they have just unleashed a bunch of hits, and they're up uh, seven to four now. Okay, but, yeah. okay. So, but if everything falls apart, uh, I mean, if the if if Cleveland wins this game, they'll have a one game lead ahead of. Uh, the twins and i think it looks like the white Sox are right now losing to houston but by the way that series has been going that's the white Sox have been rallying late every single game against that the last two nights have been real thrillers in uh i don't know what it's called anymore i'm just gonna call it comiskey uh it was at the guaranteed rate field that's uh, what i thought yeah the yeah. american league central is turned into an absolute deadlock race and if I'm not mistaken, Chicago and Cleveland are going to be playing coming up soon. Am I correct on that? Or is it twins? Or is it twins? I know twins. that I know there's a big series coming up. Maybe I should go to baseballreference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. But the fact of the matter is, is that uh, it, for a few days there, it looked like the uh, Guardians were ready to start to put the other teams in their in the dust, and uh, it's. <laughs> If uh, best case scenario has them having a one game lead over the second place and a two game lead over third place heading into late August. Yeah, it's which, you know, it's I, I keep bringing this up on my own show because, uh, you know, we do we do our roundtables, which, you know, we it's do them a, at the start by, of the year. And by everyone, the way, it, it, it is it is Cleveland versus the White Sox starting on Friday. Is it? Is, yeah, the twins must be coming up after that, so I must have it wrong in my head. But you know, it, for the last two years, I've been hearing how this Cleveland team is like, you know, full rebuild or dead or, you know, that, that they're not there. And it's the the one thing with this team is the youth is finally hitting. They've had fourteen rookies this year, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, everyone talks about you know coming into the year it was all you know Bobby Witt and Spencer Torkelson. Now it's, and for good reason, all about Julio and Adlai. But Stephen Kwan is probably having the quietest, great rookie season that anyone has ever had. Um, you know, in a normal year, he'd be running away with the award. But Julio and, and again, Adlai have been amazing. Like, I'm not sitting here saying that none of, that those guys don't deserve it. But Kwan is just, and he's like a fun story. Like, if, if yeah. you're a nerdy person like me, it's like, here's a guy who, brought chess playing into the locker room and uh, does meditation with the other players to help them like remain calm. And uh, who was, was it? I think like Will Benson, who, you know, was the, the 2016 draft was great for Cleveland that, that netted them Bieber, then netted them Savale, then netted them Plesak plus Nolan Jones and Will Benson were in the, uh, the first two picks. And Benson was talking about who has really scuffled through the minors about, what police act taught him in terms of uh, meditation and thought. And it's, it's a fun time. And like the big name prospects haven't even hit yet. And, you know, I, I, I was a prospect and draft analyst before I, I came here and I can say in my, I started writing about the guardians in 2007 when those minors were like Los Angeles angels level bad. And right. <laughs> just going to throw that out there. And, uh, 
I've never, never in my entire time seen a minors that's just like this ridiculously deep. So it's, it's the fun that like these, you know, Oscar Gonzalez was left unprotected and he's yeah. been a huge part of this team. Uh, Quan was, you know, he's undersized. So no one wanted to give him credit. I mean, I, I'm even guilty of not giving him enough credit uh, entering this year. And th- that's just the tip of the the iceberg. And we're, we'll see what the young pitching does. We'll see if, you know, maybe they revisit the Sean Murphy trade talks, which seemed like they got a decent way down the road. But it's, I, it's a fun team. And, you know, like you got to, you know, Jose Ramirez is going to be on the Mount Rushmore of Cleveland baseball players in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. But like, it, unless you're a Twins or White Sox fan, how can you not love Josh Naylor and like the energy and how much he seems to care? Like, if you love baseball, you got to love him as long as he's, you know, not on the other side. I think it's I think it's a fun young team. I think you can go through and really say, like, this is a team that as long as it's not your rival, you probably kind of like them. No, From I, far I, away, I, I can tell you that I, I've enjoyed the, the Naylor antics. Like, that's mm-hmm. really cool. Like, you love, mm-hmm. I, as I'm sure that people from other fan bases, when Brett Phillips was Ray, they were like, I like that guy. I like his yeah. attitude. I like the smile. I like the, you know, pomp and circumstance. Like, you, if you just love baseball, there are some guys in other teams that you're going to kind of gravitate to. I think Josh Naylor is definitely one of those, and Steve Kwan as well. You know, I mean, the fact that Jimenez – has had a couple really great games recently and has been pretty productive. 11th best hitter in baseball this year. Yeah, and Ahmed Rosario has been pretty productive, has had a pretty good year. Do you know what? Most times when a team trades away a star player, they it usually turns into a bust. I mean, the Blue Jays couldn't get piddly-poo for Roy Halladay. You know, like what did the, what did the Orioles get for – um, uh, Machado, who was an MVP candidate in his prime, and they just cut Banyan, who they got right. in a trade, right? He just and, got claimed by someone. What did the Marlins get with Stanton, too? No, I mean, yeah. yeah, nothing. But you see, the the Guardians, you know, and and it's not like either team got fleeced. I think it, no. in the end, it's one of those deals, and you know, God, that God forbid, help both deal. teams, yeah, yeah, that's so, yeah. right. Naylor was in the as was deal. Hedges, as was Quantrell. Like, I mean, those that's two, both of yeah. and. You know, I liked, uh, and I'll just be honest, it's like I was a defender of the Clevenger deal. I panned the Lindor deal. Honestly, I panned it. So, you know, that's yeah. one I'm going to have to eat because I I, mean, <laughs> I love Cookie Carrasco, and I guess I'm just all about eating and food with that combination. But, like, uh, I just didn't think it was enough. I didn't I didn't see Jimenez, though, again, uh, entering. He was a top 10 hitter in baseball, Roy Runs Creative Plus, entering yesterday's game. He's sitting there 11th today. I it, it's unbelievable. Higher than Jose, he's been more effective than Jose Ramirez this year for the team. So it's those two trades you can really say built this team because that's you go through this lineup. You've got Quantrell started today. I want to say too. So your starter plus four of the hitters, five of the hitters because Owen Miller also came over. So five of their starters and the starting pitcher all from those two trades. You know, and you look at the fact that you know uh, Ramirez is not going to be thirty until next month. And he's the wily veteran of this team. Like, this team is so young. Youngest in baseball. Yeah, and so, uh, like, there's so much depth to that. And their farm system is so productive. You really have to look at this as a team that is going to be a a surefire bet next year. But, no, I'm not going into a bet online ad read at this point. But, hey, Jeff, you were talking about cookies. You were talking about eating. What can you tell us a little bit? about the realities of weight loss. Here's the thing. Uh, 
as someone who at times has gotten big, uh, I can tell you the first thing when you start to get bigger, when you need to start losing weight, you have to watch out for is, is your liver. You can get like weird little fatty deposits and you don't want that. That's going to make your life harder. It's going to make it more difficult because your liver is your cleanser. Uh, and I say this as someone who uh, got to enjoy the, the joy of that. So if you want to help stay in shape, you want to keep yourself in a better place, you probably want to check out our good friends over at the Pure Health Research who have the liver health formula. Uh, if you listen to my show, I talk about, hey, I love artichokes. That's one of those things that actually helps your liver a bunch. It's one of the main ingredients in the pure in the liver health formula, which is going to help wake up that liver. As you get older, everything starts to fall asleep. It feels like this is going to help all that parts of your liver wake up and be more effective, help your digestion. And as a bonus, they're going to include curb fit right now, which is a healthy, well, I don't know if I want to say healthy isn't the right word. It is a easy way to help you maintain your weight. It's a natural appetite suppressant. There are those that are not. That's why I just wanted to be careful of that. This is one from the pure health, uh, from the health research people. It is a natural appetite suppressant to help you avoid those naughty foods. So you want to get the liver health formula risk-free today and get that free bottle of natural curb fit with your order. And it is a safe, all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no. So go to getliverhelp.com backslash MLB. Again, it's getliverhelp.com backslash MLB to get the liver health formula. And my co-host is so excited to talk about it. He is over here meowing the whole time. So uh, again, that is getliverhealth.com backslash MLB. And uh, it is endorsed by Nacho, my co-host on Lockdown Guardians. He is giving it... Uh, full paw up because the minute I started talking about it, he ran over. He wanted to add in and say, go check it out and get your free curb fit. That's uh, getliverhelp.com backslash MLD. All right. Welcome to Locked on Cats. Uh, we're here with uh, Jeff Ellis of Locked on Guardians. I, I can go get the other one. You know, that's, oh, that's, I don't that's doubt my that show. You can. That's, I, I that's, don't doubt that you can. I don't doubt that, that, that you can. Uh, you know, if you saw our, our, our thing, like the reason I was top five for YouTube growth is just cats. That's, that's what I, it's not my knowledge. It's nothing. It's just, Random so cats is, wait, so yeah. should, are you telling me I should bring my dog on the show? My dog yes. Eleanor should be on the show. Yes. Okay, okay. Um, all I, right. I, well, I, I'll I'll bring my succulents, you guys. Like, geez. All right. So, okay. Dogs cats and, and cats. babies. That's that's the secret of my success is is cats and okay. babies. So cats no succulents. Babies. Got it. No, uh, I'm, I'm you know I'm leaning into what YouTube was made for. Welcome <laughs> to Locked On Cats and Babies. Um, so what do you think now, Ulysses? I think you're. I mean, obviously, you would love to see the Rays overtake the Yankees. It looks like that game is coming back off of the rain delay right now. And it looks like the Guardians are doubling up. It's They're up now up 8-4, to four, so they're going to avoid. Was that going to be a sweep in Detroit that they're avoiding, basically? No, they won the first game of the doubleheader, okay. but they were going to lose three Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot there was a doubleheader that first game. Um, right, that's the game. Jimenez had a big game on that day. But mm -hmm. uh, I just want to talk, just quickly get go back to you, Ulysses. Um I obviously you want to pass the Yankees for the division, but short of that, do you think that uh, getting the top wildcard spot and getting that home field advantage, that the home field advantage is not going to be in, I personally, I mean, I, you know, I mean, the, the look at, we're on the verge of the American League Central being a coin toss. You know, it'll be being like a 40 game season. Like when, when there's only a month left and it's at a dead heat, then doing all the analysis just doesn't matter anymore. Then it's just who happens to win the games for a month. Um, so one of those teams is going to get the top spot because of divisions, 
We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, would would aiming for that top wild card spot be enough right now? Is that would that be considered a a triumph for this particular race team? I think due to again context and the perspective of how the season started. Yeah, the, uh, the way that the Yankees started again, fifty-two and eighteen. Uh, yeah, it's the, tough the, to come the back from that. It's tough it's to tough come back to, from that. Yeah, it's it's really really tough. So uh, yeah, the top wild card would be the next best thing. And and I love that you mentioned the the home field advantage because there is no um, no way that if you have been inside the most beautiful warehouse where baseball is played which is Tropicana Field, it gets loud in their people. It get, I mean, when, and and they sell out. Yeah, I know this is a big joke for non-race fans, but when the Trop sells out, which they do in playoff games, it's really, really tough to even hear yourself think because the sound just keeps going in and in and in. Like, there is no way that sound goes out. So it can be very, very... Um, pressure filled and I, I'm, I'm probably annoying uh and anxiety written for for the for the opposition so that's definitely something that you that you want to see uh the the race get is that that you know home field advantage like every other team obviously but i think that trop does play really well with what the race have in their roster good pitching good defense they play in the in the turf more than other teams and every single series you will see either an infield pop-up or an outfield fly-out where the outfielders or the infielders of that team, of that opposite team, kind of have a tough time looking at the, the roof with the baseball. So that's a home field advantage that, you know, other teams don't get. So obviously, yes, I, I think that that would be the best-case scenario. But, hey, if the Rays actually managed to sweep the Yankees, don't look too far away. Eight games behind uh, the, the, the Leafs, five, six weeks left. Anything can happen. All right, Jeff, and tell me, obviously, there's only one outcome. I mean, there is an outside chance that an American League Central can take the third wildcard spot. But I think a much clearer path is to win the division and get that home field in the wildcard. Tell me your thoughts. I mean, this has been a this has been an up and down year. Everyone picked the White Sox. Almost everyone picked the White Sox. Uh, I actually picked the Twins to be a wildcard team because I thought they were a talented squad. I went into this year saying that Cleveland can pitch, but they can't hit. But you know what? They've been hitting quite well, thank you very much. I've been saying the Guardians would be a really scary team in a short series because you have, you know, you would have Bieber going one game. You would have, um, you know, you would have McKenzie going another game, Quantrill going another game, Class A closing out the game. You just have, you would just have to, you know, squeeze out three runs and you'd be in good shape. What are your thoughts about this team as being a potential spoiler in October? You know, you talked about Class A, but the back of the pen is actually kind of deadly in its own right. As long as uh, Tito doesn't go to Shaw, his his best buddy, who uh, is going to be the third highest paid guardian this year at the numbers. Every five appearances he makes from here on out, he gets an additional one hundred fifty k. Uh, until he gets to 60, then it starts going up to 250K for every five extra appearances. Uh, but a cl- Class A, I'll say it, he's the best reliever in baseball. You know, Edwin Diaz gets the hype train, and he's awesome as well because he's got the great e- intro. But Class A has given up three runs since May. 
uh, three runs since May. I mean, it, it just he, he's otherworldly. It, it's it's something to watch him pitch. Trevor Steffen, who came over from the Yankees, uh, greatest Rule Five pick in Guardians draft history, uh, for a team that gets constantly loses good players. They've been awful at it themselves. is has been awesome this year. Another guy with a ERA um, well under three. And then uh, I always get his name wrong, so I just call him Ninety Nine. Corinne Jock, you know, there are all sorts of things you can talk about with him. Uh, he seems to have figured out how to pitch without, either he's figured out how to pitch without the sticky stuff or he's figured out how to hide it better. Yeah. But he has looked like the guy two years ago when he was an elite reliever. So it's really like, uh, can they just get a starter who can, you know, get him through six and then go to the pen? I mean, that the, the back end there really sets them up well. And yeah, it's it, Bieber and McKenzie one two match up with just about anyone. Uh, you know, there there are teams that have a better one two, but I, it's not a huge gap. I mean, there's there's that part of me that always has like the idea of more like put Quantrell in game one, Bieber game two, uh, McKenzie game three. Just shift your entire lineup down, not ace versus ace. Take advantage of it. I know when I used to play OOTP leagues, I would always shift my starters. I would love to see a team actually do that. So you gain the bigger advantage in those next two games. But yeah, it, and like I said, the fun part is, you know, their top two prospects, Espino and Williams, are in the upper minors and uh, are ready to go. Like they, this is a team that's set up for some fun. But yeah, they have, they got the pen. They've got, you know, the, the starting pitching. I, I would not want to face them in a short series. I think one of the things that could make them also very dangerous and, you know, when you're going to play in that wild card round, you're going to burn your top two pitchers. And so let's just say they win, but you're not going to be starting um, McKenzie and you're not going to be starting Bieber in game one. But that's one thing that could actually come if they let's say they win the two games. OK, they go. They take a one two. You could start Quantrill against the Yankees top starter or Houston's top starter and then have Bieber McKenzie against their two and three. And next thing you know, your chances of stealing a couple of games i think skyrockets yeah no i like i said i have never understood why teams listen there, there's degrees of luck and you it, it's not even punting the first game uh, you know i as as a fan of the guardians it's like the one year we've made the world series in recent times is the year that like half the pitching staff was hurt we all know it's luck in the postseason so if you can shift the luck in two games and it costs you a little bit in one game i think that's i actually think it's advantageous um, there was a, gosh, I think uh, it was like in China. So Chinese history, there was, I'm trying to remember what the gambling thing was, but it's literally like something that came up. I was reading a book recently talking about like um, an ancient thought process in China of this idea. Like it was with horse racing. And it was, you send your second, your best horse in the second race and your second best horse in the third race. Cause you have a better chance of winning that way, staggering it. So yeah. it, it's, we're talking about something that's an idea in competition for thousands of years now. So I, I'm always kind of surprised that uh, no one has ever done that because I've seen it oftentimes used in like simulation stuff, but we have never seen it at the MLB level. Yeah. And if only Carrasco and Salazar were fully healthy in 2016, <laughs> but I don't mean to go there. Ulysses, you and I were teasing at this before the beginning of the show. Um, uh, you have an idea of how to, uh, save baseball's divisions i have my version of it why don't you tell everyone yours 
Sure. I am I am sick and tired of divisions. Um I I I feel that 2023 the schedule being that you're not going to face your divisional rivals 19 times, now you're going to face them 14 times. I think that's a step in the right direction because then not only you get to see other teams more and and the other stars, you get to see the Shohei Otanis and the Mike Trouts and the Fernando Tatis when he's not getting clipped by 80 game suspensions, you know, um, you get to see that. And that's good for baseball to get everybody to see the stars, right? Not to be so, you know, one dimensional. That's a first step. But I would go a step further, which is eliminate completely the divisions completely. Just go retro style. Just go American League. Here are the 15 teams. National League. Here are the other 15 teams. And then the best teams with the best records would advance to the playoffs like keep the playoffs as 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 you want you know the three wild cards i hated the wild card expansion whatever i'll i'll take the l on that fine you want to get more revenue tv revenue you want more money you want more regional markets to be interested in the product fine i'll take the l but make this work better if the best teams should be the ones to go to the playoffs and just because your division is crappy and you get to win it, that doesn't mean that you should be above other teams that are maybe fourth in another division but have more wins than yours. So that's what I would do. Just completely eradicate divisions and just go best teams go in. That's the end. And we saw one of the hazards of divisions last year where you had the San Francisco won 107, Los Angeles won 106. Those are the two best records in baseball. And yet the Dodgers had to play a one-game playoff to survive. And then the 107 and 106 win teams had to play each other in the division series. So it was set up to guarantee that one of the two best teams was not going to make it to the league championship series. It was even worse in 2015 when the three best teams in baseball were St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and Chicago, the Cubs. And... It was set up that the Cubs and Pirates, one of them would be eliminated in the wild card, and then one of them would be eliminated in the division series. So it was guaranteed that only one of the three best teams in baseball was going to make it to the league championship series. Now, if – and I completely – I'm – I would take it even a step further. <laughs> I mean, my idea is total realignment, that you have – Yes, I like this. American League East, American League South, American League Central, American League West. And you create, uh, you basically create four divisions. And those teams, it's geographic, it's rivalries. The A's and Giants are in the same division. LA, Angels, Red Sox, Phillies, New Mets. Yeah, you know, like there's some that will be a little tough. Like the South would include the Texas teams, you know, Texas versus Atlanta and all them. The city. There's some teams you may go, is this a central team or a west team? There's going to be some things that we'll figure out, but we'll have ne- never ever think as stupid as Atlanta in the west and St. Louis in the east as they did in the old version of the division or Chicago in the east and Chicago in the west. You know, right. remember when they, remember they had the White Sox were in the west, but the Brewers were in the east. Um, never very good with geography. But uh, the, I, I would, would love just, the Brewers in the Central. Being a Milwaukee uh, a resident now, that would just make my life easier. If the for for the sake of me, can we put the Brewers and the Guardians in the same division? I just think <laughs> it's like the reason it set up American League National League is because in 1901, Ban Johnson decided to create a rival league to the National League, and good for Ban Johnson, you were successful. 
But, uh, you know, at this point, you know, like... And, I mean, the Brewers were in the American League until, what, the expansion? And C-League agreed to move them. They were an American right. League team until the, the 90s, But right? then, then Houston, we, still, Houston... Houston, we just saw them in 20, yeah. 2012. No, 2012, maybe a little bit earlier than that. But, yeah, they, they were a National League team. Forever. Yeah, so I... I understand that baseball gets its, you know, the big thing about narrative and storytelling and tradition. Yes, yes. Like I, I get it, and I don't think we should just get away from all of that. But you, that doesn't mean that you just have to get hold of these things that happened 120 years ago and then like never change them. Like that doesn't make it's sense. It's always been like, changed. We have a designated hitter now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think the fact that we have a designated hitter that's universal now, there's no difference between the two leagues. That was something I was like, there was a difference between the two leagues. They played right. one style of baseball in the National League, one style in the American League. Now, I did not want a universal DH, but I was not willing to die on that hill because that was such a sticking point to actually have a season. Remember, remember, guys, how much fun it was doing a podcast during the lockout, not sure there was going to be a season? We're going to have 162 games this year, and it's a pretty cool season. Yeah. That lockout seems like it was a long time ago. And if the yeah. universal DH was one of the compromises to have a season, fine. But that also means, what's the difference between the two leagues? Nothing. None. Nothing. So, so, so make baseball work better. And I, I, I am, I'm happy to hear that you are okay with getting rid of divisions. And I love your step further. Yeah, make and the Marlins, Braves, the, the, the Rays, maybe even the Rangers, and, and another team make a division. I, I love that. Like, be a little bit more conscientious of the travel. I mean, yeah. can we also not talk about the? I mean, the Mariners are kind of a, a you know on a on a little island by themselves. They're in Seattle, but all of the AL East teams—the Red Sox, Orioles, Yankees, Toronto—they have pretty easy flights compared to what Tampa has to, to has to make. Yeah, to, to New York 100%. to Philadelphia—that's a quick drive. You know? They can take the train if they, they wanted to, for God's sakes. It's a natural city rivalry. Like Philadelphia and yeah. New York hate each other. Like that, that, yeah. No logic in that. And I mean, or, here's the thing. Maybe I'll, if a Philly fan wants to yell at me, they can yell at me because I don't know. But like, it, it, are they like, the Nationals are relatively too new. I don't think that's a huge rivalry. But they I know won there's some recently. with the Mets. They won recently. They won, and that does like, add something to it. But there's some with the Mets. There's some with the Braves. But wouldn't like a Phillies fan rather hate on the Yankees? But I, I I'll say on the other side, I also Baltimore wonder if they'd rather getting, not want to face them. Would Balt with Baltimore getting better, having Baltimore and Philadelphia buttheads? Ooh, you know, would love that. We could create we could create new rivalries here. And in order yeah. for my scheme to work, you would have to expand by two teams. So this is the longest we've ever gone without an expansion since it's, the first expansion. Agreed. So I would put it, I mean, like, I, I personally would love to see a team in Portland. Um, I would yeah. love to see, you know, there, there are, like, you, someone could make the argument for Vancouver, Nashville. Um, I don't want to see a team in Las Vegas, but there's always Montreal, talk about that. bring back the Expos. I would, I, would, I would love to bring back the Expos. Um, Buffalo seemed to support them when they showed up there. I think the two, uh, Charlotte, um, I think the two, the two obvious ones for me, I think Nashville is a no-brainer. I think they can support a team. Uh, and I think there's enough people who are with deep roots and identity of Nashville. Detroit could use a real major league team. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Shot across the bow. Um, but I'll, I'll would... say, you know what? Before we get to see expansion, though, my team needs to do something. And an Oakland well, yeah. team also needs to do something. Well, is why... Fix the stadium situation. In, in, in fairness, with Detroit, 
I predicted them to finish second in the division, but I was literally just like, what team is playing really poorly this year? So sorry to Detroit fans. They, they know <laughs> they that I to, love that team. They have to figure out what to do with Oakland and their stadium, or are they yeah. going to move them or not? Um, I, I, you know, as someone who spends a lot of time in the Bay Area, I would love to see the A stay, but I also mm-hmm. see the practicality that it may, you know, the Bay Area may not be able to support two baseball teams. They've always struggled with two teams. You know, there's only been one or two periods in time where both teams drew well. Uh, and um, and I think a team can certainly work in Central Florida. Uh, I think they've never had a chance because they were playing in a stadium that was designed in the mid-80s. And uh, and it was put in the, you know, to, to paraphrase, next- it was a lost ark. You know, they're digging in the wrong place. They put the stadium in the wrong place. The, it's the worst 30-minute radius population of all MLB. Like, you have more dolphins living near the trop than actual human beings. So, and, yeah, move it you, down and, to the other side of the bay. And you also see, like, people who will trash on Rays fans. I will make this point. The Rays get very good TV ratings. The Rays have a very strong following. And Tampa Bay has come out very, very well, thank you very much, in supporting their hockey team. Hockey, freaking hockey in Central Florida is a draw <laughs> with with absolute... Now, it helps the fact that they've been in three straight Stanley Cup finals, winning two of them, but still, they have a tremendous they have a tremendous support for the team. I think if you put a stadium, like, I mean, I'll say it, San Francisco was considered a lost cause. They were going to ironically move to Tropicana at one point. Yeah. And, and now... They are one of the model franchises with the best stadium, I'll say, the best stadium in baseball. If you put the stadium in the right place, Candlestick Park, when they when the when Stoneham moved the Giants to San Francisco, he asked the mayor of San Francisco, where's the worst place we can put a stadium? And he said, Candlestick Point. I said, okay, break out the shovels. We're going to build. Because I know I've used this analogy before, but Candlestick Park was right next to a bluff. And a little bit of wind that started off in Kyoto and gained speed somewhere around Hawaii would hit that bluff and swirl around there, and it would be the planet Hoth in a game in the middle of August. There's pictures of me, my father, and my buddy Greg going to games at Candlestick Park in August wearing ski parkas and snow hats, looking Unreal. like you know, looking like we just tripped a walker. So yeah. I, I, got, I got something for you guys in this discussion because I decided to go Google something. Can you, Is it about Blue Nile? You know, Blue Nile, if you're trying to, I'm sorry. No, no, sorry, not, not about Blue Nile. Uh, nothing about the Nile in this one. So, you know, we're talking about like where expansion could happen to a degree. What yeah. Are, can you guess what either of the top three largest metropolitan areas are with no sports team? I'm going to say Austin. Austin is number two. Okay. Portland? Port, no, because they got the, the Trailblazers. Tra- they have the Trailblazers. Oh, the no trailblazers. sports at all. So you're, oh, no sports you're getting all. a, a oh, market you know that's in, huge. In, in, in honor of my cousins who live there, I'm going to say Albuquerque. Not even in the top 10 here. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Does Rally have anything? Yeah, the Carolina Hurricanes. Damn. And uh, what uh, do the. Do the uh, yeah. I can't think of the other one. I thought there was something well, else. Well put. Well put. Uh, uh, yeah. Very, uh, no, so the number one is is Riverside San uh, Bernardino. Oh, San, yeah, but that's practically oh. a, that's practically Angels. That's, yeah. And then yeah, they have uh, Virginia Beach, Providence, Louisville, Richmond, Louisville. Hartford. Louisville. Louisville would Louisville. be 
Yeah. But I think Nashville could get that market. I think that that Nashville, that's what Nashville would be a huge draw, I think. And the Louisville Bats is a triple-A uh, affiliate, right, for the Reds. So they're, they're, and they're pretty, like, famous. They're like the Durham yeah. Bulls. Like, they're, they're a much well-known minor league team than the average minor league team. The A's were thinking of moving to Louisville in the 1960s from Kansas City and renaming themselves the Kentucky Colonels. And some people thought it was because <laughs> some people thought it was because Charlie O'Finley was so cheap that he wouldn't have to change the KC hats that they had. It's <laughs> good. I like that. All right. Well, look at we are approaching hour four of this round table. But um, <laughs> hey, uh, look at we're gonna have a fun last month of the season coming up here. Uh, Jeff Fallis of Lockdown Guardians. Where can people follow your great show? Uh, you know, Lockdown Guardians on YouTube. Uh, we're over 500 subscribers now. We're keeping our push for a thousand. That's uh, my daily thing. And then uh, find me on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. Uh, the if you were curious, the horse racing thing I dug out. It's Tianjis. So it is. It's a game theory based idea from ancient China. Uh, so yeah, we're we're bringing in game theory and ancient Chinese horse racing on this podcast today. It's got it all. But yeah, if you want more things like that, you can check out me at Jeff at Jeff MLB Draft or check out Lockdown Guardians. And you're going to be hosting the brand new Locked On Ancient Chinese Horse Racing podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your ancient Chinese horse race all the time. Um, hey, uh, Ulysses Sabrato uh, of Locked On Rays, or is it Locked On Devil Rays? I'm not sure because they sometimes bust out the Devil Rays unis. I think they did in the World Series a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, tell people where they can follow you. They can follow us at Locked On Rays on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, we're driving people to YouTube. We're also on that path to 1,000. However, we're only at 440 subscribers. So give us a, a little bit of a, of a help there and subscribe on YouTube. And hopefully, we can be all like Sully and, and reach the, the 1K mark. Uh, and Wait, what was the that? 1K mark. We want to what be happened? like you, Sully. We want to be like you, Sully. We want to have, have more subscribers. We have a thousand subscribers. I'm pretty sure you're there, like, or very oh, wow. close. This is not. I sure. did not. This is news to me. But hey, well, uh, and if you could follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. <laughs> I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Breaking down the other teams that have images of an AL pennant dancing in their head. Ulysses Sombrano of Lockdown Rays, Jeff Fellas of Lockdown Guardians. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, I'm begging you, call me Sully. <laughs> <laughs>